Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. In our first installment, we talked about, we laid the foundation of trying to find out why a believer needs the Holy Spirit. And we said, we need the Holy Spirit because what Jesus Christ started cannot be completed in the flesh. Which means we need the Spirit of God to finish or to continue the work of salvation that Jesus Christ has started. We said we need the Holy Spirit because there are going to be times when life will be challenging for believers. And believers need to continue this particular journey. They need to be encouraged. They need to be strengthened. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to be able to enhance our fellowship with the Almighty God. Because the Bible makes us to understand that there are things, there are depths of the Spirit that we may not have. But the Spirit of the Almighty God is what brings up to that particular level where we are able to fellowship with God on a continuous basis. We need the Holy Spirit because we need to guide us into the whole truth. The Bible tells us in John 16, verse 13, John 16, 13, it says, however, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. And finally, we need the Holy Spirit because He is the one that forms Christ in us and is the one that reveals Christ through us. In other words, the nature of Christ is built in the life of a believer by the power of the Spirit of the Almighty God. And Christ is revealed for the world to see through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is why we need the Spirit of the Almighty God. In our second installment, we talked about the person of the Holy Spirit. It is one thing for you to know why you need the Holy Spirit. The question is, who is the Spirit that you actually need? Who is the Holy Spirit that we're talking about needing? And we said the Holy Spirit himself is God. He's the third person of the Trinity. We said he's a distinct personality from the Father and from the Son. We said that the Holy Spirit has a divine personality. Anytime the Bible refers to the Holy Spirit, it never refers to the Holy Spirit as an inanimate object. It refers to the Holy Spirit as a person. And we know that the Holy Spirit is a person because he has emotions, he has feelings, he acts. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit can help us. We said the Holy Spirit prays for us. The Holy Spirit teaches us. The Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit commands and the Holy Spirit comforts us. That tells us that it's not an inanimate object. It's not an impersonal force. It's a person that you can relate with. And it shows us that it has divine personality. We also said that the Holy Spirit has what is called divine attributes, which means he is eternal. Just like God the Father and God the Son are eternal, the Holy Spirit is also eternal. We said the Holy Spirit is omniscient. That means it's everywhere. We are here right now studying, going through our prayer meeting and Bible study. There are thousands and millions of locations all around the world where the name of the Holy Spirit is being called at this same hour. And he responds to all the calls. So he has divine attributes. He's eternal. We also said that he's omniscient. We said he's omnipotent. That means he has all the power. He can do all things. And we said that he's omnipresent. He is everywhere. The Holy Spirit knows everything. Omniscient, he knows everything. That is before you speak, the Holy Spirit already knows what is going on and why it's happening. 
There are times when you are prompted in the middle of the night to pray for an individual. And then by the time you see the person say, I just felt that somebody is praying for me at a particular time. There is a Holy Spirit who is omniscient. He knows all things. He can do all things and he is everywhere. That is the attribute of the Almighty God. Not only that, the Holy Spirit has divine authority. He has divine authority. He can command. He can rebuke. He can restrict. And we saw that in the ministry of Paul the Apostle when he said that he doesn't want them to go to a particular place to minister. But he wanted them to go in a particular direction. He has divine authority. We also know that the Holy Spirit performs divine work. In the very beginning, the Bible said that he was there with his creative ability. The Bible tells us that he has the power to raise the dead. The Holy Spirit can raise the dead. The Holy Spirit can save because nobody becomes saved without the Spirit of the Almighty God ministering to him. The Holy Spirit also can reprove of sin because you do not know about sin until the Spirit of the Almighty God opens your eyes to see what sin is all about. So that is the personality of the Spirit. And in that particular study, we conclude our session by saying that the reason why we must know and understand the person of the Holy Spirit is because it helps us to be able to relate with him. The more you know about an individual, the more you are able to relate with him. If you don't know an individual, relationship will not be enhanced. And we say, when you know the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, your relationship with the Almighty God is enhanced. We say that they also help us to accept and to receive the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In other words, there is no way you can accept what somebody is about to give you if you have no good relationship with that person. There will always be that suspicion. You are not sure what the agenda of that individual is. But when you know this person and you know their personality and you know what they are doing, whatever ministry they are offering to you becomes easy. So we say when we know the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, number one, it enhances our relationship with him. Number two, it helps us to receive and to accept his ministry. Number three, it strengthens our faith. When you know the Holy Spirit, when you know that the Holy Spirit is there to comfort you, when you know the Holy Spirit is there to provide for you, when you know it's there to guide you, it strengthens your faith because you know you are not on your own on this particular journey of life. Not only that, knowing the personality, knowing the ministry of the Holy Spirit also emboldens our work. Emboldens our faith. Well, as you walk with the Almighty God, you know He's there with you. You know He can strengthen you. You know He's the one that is actually doing the work and you are just a vessel through which He ministers. What happens is that it emboldens your work. Because you know you're not alone. And then finally, we say that when you know the person and the ministry of the Holy Ghost, you have access. It gives you access to the redemptive package that Christ won for us. There are certain things that Christ made available to his people that only the Spirit of the Almighty God can make it possible in your life. The Bible makes us to understand that when Jesus was about to go, he told his disciples, he said they are going to go into the world and preach the gospel. He said, baptize the name of Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. But you will find out that before the Holy Spirit was actually released on the day of Pentecost, the disciples were not able to do that thing. They were not able to take advantage of that redemptive package. Why? Because they had no power of the Spirit to be able to carry out the work. To be able to take hold of the promises of God was not there. And that is why when it was about to go, he said, tarry in Jerusalem until you are endued with power. And then you can now begin to have access to the redemptive package that I have for you. The same thing happens to us. There are so many things that the Lord Almighty has in store for his people. The Lord has a lot of good things for you. But until you are able to connect with the person of the Holy Spirit, until you are able to embrace his ministry, some of those things might be elusive. So the reason why we get to know the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit is because it gives us access.
to be able to enjoy the things that Christ has bought for us. And I pray that as we get to know the Spirit of the Almighty God closer, even through this particular study, the Lord Almighty will give us access to unlock the benefits and the promises and our portion in Christ in Jesus' name. As we continue our study of the person and the ministry of the Holy Spirit, we are going to be focusing on the work of the Holy Spirit. And we'll go to the book of John chapter 16. We're reading from verse number 7. John 16. We're reading from verse number 7. The Bible says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe me. Of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more. And of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. Now from this verse of the scripture, the Bible is showing us the very reason, the work of the Holy Spirit. In an abridged version. When you begin to classify the work of the Holy Spirit, there are two basic categories. The work of the Holy Spirit in the unbeliever, those who are not yet in Christ, and the work of the Holy Spirit in the life of those who are already believers. We are going to be focusing our attention on the work of the Holy Spirit on those who are not yet saved. The Bible tells us in John chapter 16, in verse number 8, it says, when he is come, that is when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Basically, what the Bible is telling us here is that one of the primary work of the Holy Spirit is the conviction of the world of sin. You see, when he comes, he will convict the world of sin. Which means the Holy Spirit will show people the errors concerning sin to the degree that it will produce personal conviction in their spirits. I don't know whether you've ever met people that they are doing something wrong and you are trying to tell them they are doing something wrong and they just can't seem to understand that whatever they are doing is wrong. For some of us, before we became born again, when you are preaching gospel to us, it's like they are speaking Greek. It just doesn't make sense. You don't see the reason why you should accept Jesus into your life. You don't see the reason why you should give your life to the Almighty God. You don't see a reason why you should have a commitment. But the work of the Holy Spirit is that it brings a sense of personal conviction, a sense of personal sinfulness. And what happens is that it begins to show you who you are. And by the time you see yourself in the light of the word of God, when you see yourself the way God sees you, it convicts your spirit. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. No man can convict another person of sin. You can't. No matter how eloquent you are. No matter how well you understand the word of God, it is difficult for you to convict another person of sin. Except the spirit of the almighty God does it, you will find out that it will be very difficult for people to come to Christ. And that is the biggest challenge of the church today. The biggest challenge of the church today is that the church is filled with people who have no conviction of sin. People who come to church, they have committed a sin. Pastors who have come to church, they have just committed a sin. And they have no fear of the Almighty God. When there is no conviction of sin, the power of the Spirit of God will not move. And that is the biggest challenge in the church. There are people who are filled with church, born again believers, who have no deep sense of sin. And until the Holy Spirit shows us who we are and brings conviction to our soul, salvation becomes impossible. Because nobody can come to him except him that the Spirit calls. 
And the Holy Spirit, when the Spirit can call you, is to show you, first of all, who you are. And then show you who Jesus is. Which is the next thing that the Spirit of God does. Number one, the Spirit of God convicts the world of sin. It convicts the world of righteousness. Verse number eight again. When he comes, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness. What does it mean when we say the Holy Spirit convicts the world of righteousness? What it does is that he shows the world the need for Christ. It shows every one of us the need for Christ, the need for salvation. He opens our eyes to see that we have all sinned and come short of the glory of God, which is what Bible tells us in Romans 3 verse 23. All have sinned and have come short of the glory of God. And only by the finished work of Christ can we have right standing with the Almighty God. The Holy Spirit opens your eyes and then you are able to see. So that when you now hear the word of salvation, it makes sense. When you hear the word of salvation, you begin to see the need for you to respond in the way you are supposed to respond. But as long as the Spirit has not done the work of conviction in your heart, He has not done the work of showing you the righteousness of Christ, salvation message is meaningless. That's why the Bible says that for those people who are perishing, the word of God does not make sense to them. But only those who the Lord Almighty has illuminated their spirit, those are the ones that the word begins to make sense in their hearts. Only by the finished work of Christ on the cross of Calvary are we brought in good standing with the Almighty God. And that is accomplished by the work of the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit does this by first of all showing us who we are. And it does that through conviction of sin. Then it shows us the righteousness of Christ. By giving us the grace to understand the person of our Lord Jesus Christ. And the sacrifice of Christ on the cross of Calvary. This is done through conviction of the word of Christ's righteousness. John chapter 15 verse 26 tells us, But when the helper which I will send from the Father, the Spirit who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. The Spirit of the Almighty God is the one that shows us that Christ is the Son of God. And until he does that work in our hearts, I can preach or people can preach or preachers in the world can preach until they turn blue. That word will make no sense in the heart of the hearer. Only a direct testimony of the Holy Spirit in the individual's heart can make a man to come to the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, unless the Lord draws them, salvation is not possible for that individual. Unless the Lord convicts an individual of sin, show them who they are, and then show them who Christ is, they will not be able to embrace the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so when we pray, we enable the Spirit of the Almighty God to do conviction. And to be able to show them the righteousness of Christ. So that when the gospel is presented to them, it becomes easy for them to understand. But until their heart is open, by the work of the Holy Spirit, anything we do, I pray it will not be a waste of time in Jesus' name. Number three, the Holy Spirit not only convicts of sin, not only convicts of righteousness, he also convicts the world of judgments. Go back to that John chapter 16 verse 8. We say when he is come, that is when the Holy Spirit has come, he will convict the world of sin. Of righteousness and of judgment. The Holy Spirit convicts the world of judgment by helping us to understand that the rejection of the finished work of Christ on the cross of Calvary is not a decision that you make without consequence. In other words, the judgment that many will experience is not specifically because of the sin that they committed, but it's because of the rejection of the solution that has been offered. That's the main challenge for a lot of people. The Holy Spirit's work is to bring conviction to the world that judgment is coming, that there will be consequences for action, 
We must understand that judgment will come not primarily because of the sin, but because of the rejection of Christ. A lot of people are going to suffer eternal damnation just because of the fact that they rejected the solution that Christ offered unto them. And that is why when we pray, and we pray for the salvation of members of our families, members of the church, we should continue to intercede on their behalf. Lord, show them who they are. Show them who Christ is. And show them the consequences of refusing the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. Because when we do that, we give them a good picture of what it means to be saved. And the response from that will bring an eternal change. I was reading a particular text today. And that text says that there is something that the Holy Spirit does that most people don't understand. They say, when were you converted? He said, many people can be converted several times. Because conversion is basically changing your mind, changing your position. He said, but there's only one true regeneration, which is what the Holy Spirit does. When the Holy Spirit regenerates, it awakes your dead spirit. When that awakening happens in the life of an individual and that person becomes born again, the reality of what Christ has done becomes very clear in their mind. And that is what our prayer should be. That all our loved ones should come to that point of true regeneration where Christ is made real in their heart and then their acceptance becomes more meaningful. Not only that, apart from the conviction of, the, of sin, uh, conviction of righteousness, and conviction of the world, the Holy Spirit convinces the world that Christ is Lord through believers. In other words, the Holy Spirit does not go to an individual to preach the gospel to that person. It is we that the Spirit of the Almighty God use those of us who are already born again those of us who have already accepted Jesus as our Lord and Savior, it is those of us that the Holy Spirit will now walk through to present the work of God, to present salvation to the people who are outside. The Bible tells us in John chapter 16, if you read from verse number 7, it says, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. But if I do not go away, the helper will not come. Now listen to this. He said, but if I depart... I will send the helper. I will send the Holy Spirit to you. He said, when he is come, that means when the Holy Spirit comes, he will convict the world of sin through you. He will convict the world of righteousness through you. He will convict the world of judgment through you. Because who is he coming to? He's coming to you. The Holy Spirit is not coming to the world. He's coming to you. And if he's going to convict the world of sin, if he's going to convict the world of righteousness, if he's going to convict the world of judgment, he's going to do it through the instrumentality of men and women who have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. People who have not yet been born again, this will require the hand of believers to be able to get them in. And you see examples in the scriptures. The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 11, you remember the story of Cornelius. The Bible says Cornelius was a righteous man. But there was a time he was praying. The angel of the Almighty God appeared unto him and showed him. He said, go and call Peter. The angel of the Almighty God could have ministered to Cornelius there and there and preached the gospel to him. But what did he do? He said, go and call Peter. And when Peter came, Peter now began to preach the gospel to Cornelius and the members of his own household. The same thing happened when Paul the apostle was converted. The Bible said he was traveling to Damascus with the intention of destroying the church. He met the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, who are you? He said, I'm Lord Jesus. He said, what do you want me to do? Jesus Christ could have preached the gospel to him there and then. And say, you have to accept me as your Lord and Savior. But what did Jesus Christ say? Look at verse number 6 of Acts chapter 9. Acts of the Apostles chapter 9 verse number 6. 
The Bible tells us that. So he said, trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? The Lord said to him, arise and go to the city and you will be told what you must do. Why did Jesus first tell him that? Why does he have to go to the city first of all to go and get the news when you are talking to Jesus? Why are you wasting time? But one thing you must understand is that salvation, the conviction of sin, conviction of righteousness, and conviction of judgment only works, the Holy Spirit accomplishes this through the instrumentality of humans, through people who have accepted Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel could have been preached to Paul, could have been preached to Cornelius directly by the angelic visitation. But what you find is that Paul had to go to Ananias Peter had to come to Cornelius for them to hear the gospel. The Holy Spirit gets the gospel of Christ to the unsaved through the believers who have already been saved. And why am I stressing that? I'm stressing that because there are so many people whose salvation depends upon us talking to them. The salvation of the members of our family is a function of us opening our mouth and presenting the gospel to them. The salvation of the people that we have at work, friends that we meet, the people that we meet in the store, the people that are our neighbors who are around us, the salvation of their soul is a function of us presenting the gospel to them. Because without us presenting the gospel, you'll find out that we have closed an opportunity for the Spirit of the Almighty God to minister directly unto them. Not only that, so apart from conviction of sin, conviction of righteousness, convicting the world of judgment, and using the instrumentality of human being to bring the gospel to the unsaved, the Holy Spirit also regenerates. His main work is to regenerate unsaved soul. And what does that mean? He is the one taxed with the responsibility of giving life to the souls that are already dead. Everyone that is born into this world is born with a spirit disconnected from the Almighty God because of the sin of Adam. And for them to have life, they need an encounter with the living God. And that's what Jesus was telling Nicodemus when he came to him. In verse number 5 of John chapter 3, Jesus answered and said, Most assuredly I say unto you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. In other words, the Spirit of God must do a particular work in the heart of that person regenerating, infusing the eternal life of Christ into that person and causing them to come alive again. Until that work is done, that person is not going to see God. And Paul, writing to Titus, said in Titus chapter 3 verse 5, he said, not by work of righteousness. You don't see God by what you do. You don't see God by your own goodness. He said, not by work of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit that takes us and breathes life into our spirits such that we now come alive, the Spirit of God now connect back with us, and we who are dead in sin now become alive in Christ. It is prime, one of the main work of the Holy Spirit in the life of an individual. The work of the Holy Spirit is to renew us. It's to cause us to come alive. The Holy Spirit does this through the Word of God that is preached through you and through me. The Holy Spirit takes the Word of God, breathes upon it, and makes it to come alive in the life of an individual. And that is why you find out that when the Spirit has brought conviction, when He has shown Christ to you, you hear the Word of God and you just wonder, what have I been doing? All of a sudden, it just makes sense. 
You have passed in front of the church for so many years and they have been preaching and it doesn't make sense to you. But when the Spirit of God does what it's supposed to do in your heart, those things begin to come alive. And what does he do? The Spirit of God, how does he do it? Number one, by changing your intellectual ability. It causes your eyes to be open to see the truth of the Word of God. How the Holy Spirit regenerate? The Holy Spirit regenerate by changing your desire for the things of God. In other words, you used to love the things that were outside of God. Now your desire is for the things of God. That's how he does it. He does it by causing your will to change. Now you will to do the things that please the Almighty God when that regeneration has taken place. That is why I will always tell you that if anybody meets Jesus Christ, you will always notice the change. That's the same thing that Paul was saying in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. He said, he that is in Christ is a new creation. In other words, he opens your eyes to see and understand what the word of God is saying. The Holy Spirit opens your mind to begin to desire the things of God. He opens your mind to begin to want to do the things that pleases God. When that thing happens, you know the Spirit of God has done the work of regeneration in the heart of an individual. But when somebody says they have met Christ and they have no desire for the things of God, they have no understanding for the word of God. They do not desire to please God. Like I normally say, it's either you have not met Jesus or you met the wrong one. Because there's no way you will meet Jesus and those desires, your intellectual desire, your emotional desire, and your volitional desire will not change. Something must change when you meet the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is made possible by the work of the Holy Spirit in our life. The question now is, how does the Holy Spirit accomplish this in the life of an individual? Number one, he accomplishes it by the word of the Lord. By illuminating scriptures. So that you read the word of God and it makes sense. And that's why we tell you, you need to read the word of God. Because that is the vehicle which the Holy Spirit uses to do what he does in the life of an individual. Number two, how does the Spirit perform his work? He does it through the work of regeneration that I've just explained. Number three, he does it through the work of revelation. He opens your eyes to see what you have not been capable of seeing before. Number four, he does it through human agent. He uses individual to bring the word of God to you so that the word can begin to make sense. Not only that, he does it through manifestation of gifts. And that's why in the church, there are so many gifts that are already loaded in the church. The Bible says, but the manifestation of the gifts is given to each one of us to profit without. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. Another to a word of knowledge through the Spirit. And to another, the faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gift of healing by the same Spirit. The Lord begins to do His work in the life of people by the manifestation of the gifts. Because when he gives you that gift and you manifest it, it convinces others that Christ is real. How does he do the work? He does the work by production of fruits in our lives. The Bible says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, is joy, peace, long-suffering. When you exhibit those fruits, the world will see that Christ is being formed in you. And then finally, he does the work through formation of the character of Christ in us. So that when people see us, they see the image of the Christ that we are preaching. Second Peter chapter 3 verse 16 says, Now grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. To him be glory for now. He said you should grow in grace. The image of Christ must be developed in you for the world to see. Now why is this important? That is always the question that I ask you. What is the benefit? Why do you have to know this thing? Why is it important for you? It is important for you to know the work of the Holy Spirit because number one, 
understanding the work of the Holy Spirit makes you to realize that you as an individual, I as an individual, as a preacher of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, I cannot save anyone. Except the Holy Spirit does the work in the life of an individual, nobody can save anybody. And that is why if you understand that this is the department of the Almighty God, this is what the Holy Spirit is doing, it makes it a lot easier for you. Now, when I was a young Christian, I would go out for evangelism and you would talk. When people respond, we are happy. When people are not responding, we are not happy. There's a brother then who are coming from evangelism. And he said, why are you feeling the way? I said, well, we talked and the people did not respond. He said, you must understand that you are not the one who is doing the saving. Your job is to deliver the message. How they respond, God deals with that. When you know the work of the Holy Spirit, it makes you to understand that salvation is of the Lord, not you. Not your ability to explain the gospel. Not your ability to connect scripture. That is not what saves people. What saves people is the Lord Almighty walking in their hearts. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.